0: Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. In this episode of Freedom Fridays, we're going to discuss a controversial topic that is very timely, um, partly because of the overturn of Roe v. Wade, and partly because in the state of Michigan, where I live, we are going to be voting in just over a month on a new proposal for a change to the state constitution. So I'm going to do this in two parts. Next time we are going to deal with the proposal and uh, where it fits. Does it fit biblically? And um, is it a good thing? Is it a, is it a positive thing? What would God want us to vote on that? And, um, and yes, I do believe God has an opinion on whether you should vote yes or no on that, uh, or on it, on most anything for that matter. And today we're going to take a look at the whole idea of abortion and the concept of abortion and look at a biblical perspective because, again, everything we look at, every... Um, position that we have on things politically, everything position we have on things morally should come from a biblical framework. God's word trumps all. Um, and I heard recently a news anchor say that they could not understand why, um, why christians were so much pushing this one issue of abortion and that they were were voting based on that uh solely which we're not um but that he and then he finished by saying that jesus never said anything about abortion now if you're talking about the word abortion Yes, Jesus did not, to my knowledge, use the word abortion. However, that word may not have existed back then. It didn't, obviously, didn't in uh, English language, and so just because he didn't use that word does not mean he didn't address the concept. In fact, he does, just like uh, people have said Jesus never said anything about homosexuality or that Jesus never said anything about other marital issues, which are not true at all. Um, if we take a look in Matthew chapter 5, which is starts the Th- Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. Jesus says in verse 21, You heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder. Reference to the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, You good for nothing shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. So we see that Jesus takes and throws the letter of the law out the window for the favor of the spirit of the law, but is affirming the law in either way. The Law was very clear on the the subject of um, murder, and that it extended to the preborn individual that uh, if a, a man and another man were were fighting and they happened to strike a pregnant woman, that the consequences for the injuries to the pre-born person the pre-born human being were those those consequences were eye for an eye tooth for a tooth hand for an hand foot for a foot etc and so those consequences are the same thing as they would be for a post-born individual and so that itself um affirms that pre-born individuals are just as important as postborn individuals. Here Jesus is saying that he's expanding the view of murder to include hate and to include um, disdain even, uh, calling someone a fool in a derogatory sense and uh, this this obviously applies to the situation if if you if you are getting rid of a preborn human being just because they're preborn and that's the only reason you can get rid of them then you're clearly not acting out of love which is the second table of the the commandments in the law is to love your neighbor as yourself well consider that preborn human as your neighbor and that that's in context of scripture because when jesus was asked who is my neighbor um basically boiled down to anyone even the people that you have the utmost disgust for and that was samaritans and that's when he told the parable of the good samaritan so we need to make sure that um we understand Jesus properly to say that he never talked about abortion is although on a technicality he never said the word he clearly talked about the actions Um, of harming another individual, and that is really what's happening. Uh, You may say, well, it's the woman's body still. No, it's not. It has a separate DNA. It has a separate potential blood type. Um, It has its own organs that are developing. It's got its own systems that are developing. The only connection is through the placenta um, and the umbilical cord where it gets its nourishment and its protection from the wall of the womb um that's it it's its own individual um scientifically as well as biblically notice in that section we talked about it it doesn't say that the injuries only to the mother would be meted out onto the perpetrator, but the injuries to the preborn child as well. Um, we can we can look through all of Jesus's um, teachings and find that he does not condone anything anywhere near this heinous of, you know, sacrificing our children. So. What is the scriptural teaching on human life? And is it, is it sanctus for human life? Is, is, Is human life sanctified or is it just the same as any other life? We go all the way back to Genesis chapter one, when human life was created And we see some special things in in Genesis chapter one. Verse twenty six, then God said let us make man in our image. Now man is mankind here. It is not just the male, although it is at this point is going to be a male, but he's speaking of mankind according to our likeness. In our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and every other creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So just in that verse alone, we see, first of all, God created human beings in his image. That is special. He didn't do that with any other part of creation. The monkeys weren't created in his image. The dolphins weren't created in his image. The houseflies weren't created in his image. And on down the, the list you can go. Um, so first of all, he created the, us in his image. Secondly, according to his likeness. And again, the only thing that he did that with is human beings. And then... If that weren't enough, which it is, he then gave us authority over all the rest of his creation. And so human life is far above any other life. We have dominion over the plant life. We have dominion over the animal life. Um given to us right there in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 on the 5th day of creation the the 6th day of creation excuse me verse 27 God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and again rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And he, he tells them what he gave them for food. Um, and it's it's clear, even right from the beginning, that human life was special. In fact, when we go to the law, uh, even when we go, let's go even further on to chapter 4 where Cain and Abel are fighting and Abel is killed by Cain and God says that he would protect Cain and he will put a mark on him and why is that because human life is is sacred in God's eyes and he's going to require the blood of a human even of animals we find that through the law as well as we study through scripture Human life is always put as a higher priority than animal life, and so not only is God the source of our life, but He has made human life special. So how do we know that human life begins at conception first Samuel, uh, second Samuel, excuse me, chapter. Uh, 11 and verse 5, the woman conceived and she sent and told David and said, I am pregnant. So at conception, she said, I'm pregnant. When you say, well, duh, that's how it happens. You get pregnant at conception. Well, if you get pregnant at conception, what is a pregnancy? A pregnancy terminates with a human life. So how can it be anything else? Where else would you say life begins? Where does the soul come? When does God create a life at conception? That's where it all starts. That's where the DNA is completely uh, unique that's where the cells are unique. The blood type is set, everything is set the The height is going to be determined at at conception the uh The color of your skin is going to be determined at conception, the color of your eyes, the color of your hair. you know how soon will your hair turn gray the for the vast majority that's even turned at the the time of conception in the DNA. So to say that life begins at any other point. Um, is is absurd. Um, we find in Luke chapter one, when Mary visits her relative Elizabeth, that the baby jumps in the womb, and the angel has even told her she has a son, and that uh, she is conceived in her old age and. So that she she is having a son. And, and so it's, it's already predetermined by God. We could go to uh, David in the Old Testament when he was um, affirming that he was knit together in his mother's womb. We could go to uh, Jeremiah, who right from the beginning said that he was called to be a prophet from his mother's womb. Um, so... It's clear that life begins at conception, um, and that the unborn are human. They couldn't be anything else. They're they're not anything else. I mean, nothing else has our DNA. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Sure, we could go through scriptures, and and there there are a number of them we could go through to to prove. Um, the ones in the Old Testament that I was talking about earlier about the the damage to the baby is is very clearly obvious um but what else would it be i mean you don't come from anything other than being a human you come from two human parents and the fertilization produces a human being you don't have different stages of different animals that doesn't even make sense um So harming others is an abomination to God. Uh, Amos 1, 13, thus says the Lord for three transgressions of the Ammonites and for four, I will not revoke the punishment because they have ripped open pregnant women in Gilead that they might enlarge their border. And so this is an abomination to God that they have ripped open pregnant women. That's the same idea. They're trying to kill the babies. Um, It's if, well, straightforward. If it is a human life, which we've already determined, and if life begins at conception, then killing that human life out of anything other than self-defense would be murder and that is strictly forbidden um genesis 9 6 whoever sheds the blood of man by man his blood shall be shed for god made man in his own image um it's it's just absurd to think that the the, the bible would condone such a thing and it doesn't um and it doesn't matter, you know some people say, well what if the 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 baby is going to be deformed, or what if the baby is going to be um, severely deformed? I ask you the question: what does the play have to say to the potter? Do you have a choice as to well, I only wanted Healthy children. I only wanted children that have blue hair or blue eyes or green eyes or hazel eyes or, you know, really? Now we're trying to play God. That's really what it is. And yes, there are verses we can go through, but really, what are we really going to try and play God and say just because someone is going to have a defect that they're less important? God didn't say anybody was less important that is not an, you know, part of the image of God. If you, have, if you were made in God's image and all humankind is made in God's image, then you have that worth directly given to you by God. And it doesn't matter whether you speak well. It doesn't matter whether you think well. It doesn't matter whether whether you walk well or whether you can do things like everyone else seemingly can do and not everyone else can. Um, You are still special and precious to God, no matter what sort of disability we may see. And that's just us trying to um, somehow create one person more important than the other. When instead, the scripture tells us we need to instead be looking at others more important than ourselves. Generally, mothers tend to do that with their children. But in this situation, they need to take the advice of the Apostle Paul and put others as more important than themselves. um, And protect their children. We will see you next week and let's talk about this proposal and uh, what does it really say. I have the actual text of the proposal and we're going to go through it and see where it stands against scriptural principles. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Freedom Fridays.